Hey folks, welcome to episode 212 of Biomast. Uh, we're kind of in an interesting format. We're, we're kind of all over the place, uh, literally all over the country right now. Uh, and it's all in the middle of E3 or coming off of the E3 weekend. So uh, this week we're going to have a couple things going on. We're going to have our normal podcast. You're here with us tonight. Uh, and then probably Tuesday or Wednesday, Pokey, Livy and I, and maybe maybe somebody else, we're going to get together and do a little bit more uh, uh, kind of 30,000 foot version of some of the things we were thinking about from E3. So just for, for point of clarity, none of us physically went to E3, but we watched or, and or saw just about everything. Uh, and obviously there's a lot of stuff coming out on YouTube, Twitch, uh, you know, Mixer and all kinds of stuff right now about what's coming out of E3. Uh, so much like everybody else, we want to kind of hit on some of that. Uh, right now, I have just completed my move, like cross country up to uh, to the awesome city of Detroit, Michigan, uh, from coastal Georgia. So that's I'm still in, in a shock, stun, and amaze of coming out of uh, like light speed on that one. Uh, and so we're a little, like I said, we're a little bit all over the place, but we definitely wanted to, to touch base on some of these topics for E3. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to turn this over to our ringmaster for the night, Zell. Uh, and we're going to talk. Good a luck, of the, all of you. Yeah, there you go. A couple, a couple of the key points. Certainly, we're not going to be touching on every single topic that we hit on E3. Uh, that would be pretty tough to do based on you know kind of on a one-hour show show format. Uh, but we are going to have uh, this show tonight, and then one probably later in the week. So we're going to try to cover most things. And if we, if you don't hear us talk about something that you're really keen on. Please hit us up on Twitter or something like that, and we'll certainly include it. Put right. in the blog comments somewhere on on our site, yeah. something like that. We'll we'll see it. Um, so uh, I guess we should we should throw some introductions in there. Um, it may be obvious by now, uh, but Pokey is not with us tonight. Uh, he is. It is uh, Father's Day for uh, uh, those of you who have no idea when we record, and uh, Pokey is being like a good member of a family, unlike uh, myself, who uh, like ditched the family father's day celebrations of, of the family so um but uh record didn't ditch but i'm in the eastern time zone so my kid's already in bed see that that's great um all right so um i am uh soraya zell i'm a co-host here on the show and unfortunately who you're going to have to uh rely on to keep things moving this this week um and uh, I watched a scattering of, of YouTube videos for, for E3. It was kind of funny because I had bookmarked a bunch of them to watch later uh, in, in combination with what we talked about on the show. And there were so many videos and games and things that nothing that I had bookmarked was actually stuff we talked about on the show last week, which is kind of funny to me. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll cover a bunch of the things that uh, I think uh, people found most exciting and interesting and, and go from there. Uh, Bait. Wow, what up, guys? My name is Bait. I'm a Florida man who uh, just recently got back into town from being in the uh, the uh, Austin, San Antonio area of Texas. So uh, that was fun. And of course, I picked uh, E3 week to go out of town. Uh, so I had sort of an idea how E3 went and what was announced, but all of that was uh, was observed through people uh, raging on discord so i've kind of caught up um but i am uh, ready to to roll and to talk about uh more e3 stuff it sounds like and uh jason yep uh this is jason and i'm also one of the hosts here on biomass uh as noted as 
as noted, have been flying, as noted, have been uh, all over the place. What is going on with my? Just broke. We uh we we are broke, Jay. <laughs> Sorry, it, hey. it does happen. Oh, there we go. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yes. yeah, you can. Yeah, it's I'm 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 working I'm working off of the uh God almighty. What is going on with this thing? This is the part of the show we riff while Jay troubleshoots his iPad. It's it's possible. This is where we remind you that uh the PC master race does not have these problems. Um. All right. So, uh, um, we... let's just dive into it. I guess. Um, Fuck it. Let's. Jay will come back, and yeah. Jay will save us from the train wreck <laughs> that is about to commence. All right, um, all right let's... guys. I'm trying. You got to work. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Yeah. The, I, well. the iPad app is. It's a little old. Mumble is not well supported on uh, on iPad, but you can make it work. I'm. I'm sorry, my name's Jason. I've been around for a while. Been doing this, did, did do the show for a while. I'm one of the hosts. Let's move on. <laughs> success. Alrighty. So uh, the the first trailer that I kind of highlighted as uh, being kind of interesting to me um, is uh, for a game called Control, uh, which was uh, they they don't have a release date yet. It's going to be sometime in 2019, um, and uh, it is from a company called remedy which did uh alan wake and quantum break um which rhyme but uh and and this seems to they like haven't they haven't detailed like they've showed off gameplay and stuff but they haven't really detailed like what the storyline is um but there's a lot of there's a lot of like inception-esque shifting geometry type stuff like the the main character seems to have a gun that that kind of reshapes itself as along the way um and uh she can throw stuff it 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 looked kind of cool every everything about this game looks cool we just know literally nothing about it because they haven't said anything about the storyline the plot and the story and the uh title is incredibly incredibly generic yeah i I would say that that was definitely a surprise for me i was that, that game was not on my radar screen at all I am a fan of, fan of Remedy's work. I, I was a big fan of Quantum Break. Uh, the gunplay looks a little like that, or at least the, the tone of it. It's, it's extremely cinematic, but you definitely get a feel that, that it's a very snappy, very fluid uh, combat system, which and kind of Zell alluded to it. There is definitely some there, – there's uh, telekinesis is really probably not the right word at all, but – I think it goes back to the title of the game. There is her ability to control the environment, um, like violently, is pretty pretty well on display in the trailer. And some of the I've seen about five minutes of gameplay footage. I'm I'm sitting here watching it while I'm talking to you guys. Um, the gun is actually kind of no, I don't think I've ever seen that. It's literally imagine like in you know like a lot of the little cubes uh, from like either Inception or like the robots on uh, that horrible Matthew McConaughey science fiction movie uh, where Matt Damon was the surprise bad guy. Oh, um, uh, Interstellar. Interstellar. 
What yeah, a great movie. Movie. Looks like the like her handgun looks like it's one of the robots from Interstellar, for lack of a better term. Uh, so anyway, it it's a very cool and snappy visual trailer, and if the combat comes through like it's showing in the in what I, in the footage I'm watching right now, it will be inter- interesting. It, it is a very it's very odd to figure out what is the what is the story of control, but it's got me very interested. Like, like I said, it wasn't, wasn't on my radar, big fan of remedy. Uh, so I, I'm certainly going to, going to be tracking this one from now on. And, uh, yeah. And, and so quantum break at least was, uh, that was a Microsoft platform exclusive when it came out. Right. I, yeah. I think originally. It yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, and, uh, it was like uh, I know Quantum Break was one of the first big pushes into the Windows 10, like the Microsoft Store having full full game releases. Um, but I guess uh, this is this is much less tied to Microsoft. Uh, so this is this is going to be a PC, PS4, and Xbox. Um, so which is interesting because Alan Wake was also a uh, uh, an Xbox. It was a 360 game, a 360 uh, Windows exclusive. Yeah, so it, it seems like they are uh, they're breaking with that a bit for the studio, um, and that that's interesting because actually, as uh, we'll get into in this next title, um, one of the one of the big news items for E3 was that Microsoft has really been trying to step up their exclusives game um, to the effect that they bought like eight studios this past yeah, month. They've been getting housed by Sony for the last two years. Yeah. Um, so this the second one is actually uh, that I, I have picked out is actually also a multi-platform release, uh, but it is interesting because the studio that's making it uh, just w- was one of the studios that Microsoft announced they purchased uh, this this month, um, and uh, the game is called We Happy Few. I believe I've brought up a trailer about it before. It's actually been around for a while apparently. Um, specifically, that uh, Compulsion Games who made it. Uh, released it on early access uh, on PC in like 2016, but um, there's there's a more complete game that's that's being assembled, a much more polished version, and it will be out for Xbox One and PS4 as well, uh, and that's coming up uh, actually very soon in August. And um, you know this this game, I like when I see the trailers for it, it just looks really interesting. Um, it's got a very um, it's got a very Bioshock feel to it. Um, yeah. it. It involves like after a alternate history World War II, um, it takes place in this dystopian society where they have made everybody happy with hallucinogenic drugs. Um, so everybody's wearing like this, you know, white clown smiley face kind of the mask. mask. Sort of like it's, the V for Vendetta mask. It's uh yeah it's it's a really interesting looking looking game and it 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 screams the Bioshock lo- type of dystopia at me, um and I suspect that people who are who enjoyed Bioshock um or at least enjoyed watching it as I did, um will uh will probably get some out of this one. Yeah, it's now that one I I I was aware of um it's I had actually seen not. I don't think that trailer that they put out, that kind of that official trailer, but like like quick cuts and releases of it uh, that they'd put out previously. That yeah, I kind of agree that, that there's definitely a bit of a Bioshocky kind of feel to it, but you definitely get the you know shades of Orwell's 1984 kind of thing going on in there. Uh, the art style is kind of interesting too. It's it's 
it definitely strikes you as a very dark game, the way it presents itself and kind of how how it talks and how you know through the uh, the narration of the trailer. But it's almost got like a Fortnite style uh, like visual tone to it. Does that kind of make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally see. That. And it, it's a nice departure from the the cell shading that, that Gearbox has done uh, with uh, with the Borderlands games. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks really good. I mean, it doesn't look bad in any sense of the word. It's it's well, nice. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I would, I, I, I really, you don't really get any sense of gameplay from the trailer. It's kind of really the almost the opposite of control, where all you saw was basically raw gameplay—not raw, but you saw like action gameplay with these very sort of ominous slash nebulous. Uh, narration that, that's over top of it, whereas this one, it's it's almost all sort of a, a world-building trailer or a tone-setting trailer versus really anything to do with, like, what does the gameplay look like? What are you doing, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like, uh, I, I mean, we should be able to probably dig up more on the, the uh, online regarding gameplay since it has been out. People have played it. Um, but, uh, yeah, just one of those titles that I'm kind of kind of saw the trailer for was kind of intrigued and probably will have to to revisit as it comes out. Um, so Jay, yes, L. Anthem. Yeah, I, 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 we gotta we gotta find out what you think on this one because this is um you know I I saw the trailers of it I I was you know hoping I'd see something a little bit a little bit. A little bit further from what, to me, feels a lot like, like a Destiny look, um, but yeah. uh, what do you think? Well, um, so I, so I, this is one of the game. This is one of the probably three or four games I was really tracking hard on, wanting to see what was coming on with it. The first thing I tell you, like you, you, we actually learned a whole lot about Anthem at E3. That was definitely one of the showpiece showpieces that uh, that EA was putting out. Um, and the first thing I the first thing I would tell you that I think I have changed my mind on is I do not think it is, it is certainly a competitor with the Destiny audience, but I I definitely see that it is a very different style of game now, uh, based on uh, a couple of things. One that they were very open with gameplay at E3 in terms of they had a demo level they were letting you know thousands of people go through. There, there's a ton of you know YouTube replays on it. Um, there, there's been a lot of, there's been a big media blitz with Anthem with this E3. So I think they're looking at having that come out around January, February, like, you know, it's like an early, uh, early mid Q2 release kind of thing. So they're, they're going to, they're starting the hype, hype train for it officially probably with this E3. So the first thing is, uh, they are definitely departing from, you know, what you would think of in Destiny in terms of how that plays. It's definitely a different game. Uh, the interesting thing is this game's been in development for a really, really, really long time, probably a lot longer than people think. And pretty much everybody at BioWare is 100% all hands on deck right now working for this game, uh, which, you know, and, and we've covered in, in detail how that probably affected Mass Effect Andromeda in all reality. Uh, and they didn't shy away from that in some of the interviews, by the way. Like, I've seen several of the interviews where people were like, hey, the last game you guys really, you guys let out, Mass Effect Andromeda, kind of a hot mess. 
uh, what did you learn? And they were very upfront with a lot of the things they were like, yep, yeah, like maybe polish your game, pay attention to things that, that people expect you to do well because that's your trademark of doing those things well. And then when you don't do those things well, you've got a problem, you know, so um, big departures. Okay, so here, here's, here's where it is. I would say if I were gonna triangulate this off other games, it sounds a bit more like a hybrid of Monster Hunter World, Destiny, and something else. And I'm not sure what the something else is. So everybody's seen some of the trailers of like the guys in the Iron Man suits basically flying around. There's four basic types of suits. They chose an interesting uh, model where it's the pilot progression that matters, not suit progression per se. Now there's unlocks in the suits, but in, in Destiny, you basically, to, to really play the game at its optimal, you need three separate characters, one of each class, and then you're sharing gear back and forth and all this other jazz. And it's, it's a bit of a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a weekly, weekly chore. Um, whereas this, it's more about the pilot and then you're simply choosing the suits that you want to wear based on your play style and, you know, what, whatever the mission is. So that's number one. Number two, it, it is not going to have social spaces. It's definitely a co-op game. So imagine like a Mass Effect 2, that's what they're shooting for, is like a Mass Effect 2 story style. But instead of having AI partners, you have co-op partners. You know, there's, that's fraught with danger, as you can imagine. Uh, but when it, if it works, it's going to work really well. So what they've done is the social spaces are probably more akin to Monster Hunter World and how you access the gameplay and how you, you LFG basically is a lot more, uh, when the developers describe it, it sounds a lot more like how Monster Hunter World works, where you know, you're back at your base or you're back at your little ship and you, you upgrade, you talk to NPCs, you get missions, you buy stuff, you craft some things. And then you basically open up a big game map and you figure out who all is playing where. Do, do I have friends that are playing? Is there a stronghold, aka a, you know, like a mini raid or a, or a boss fight that I want to go do, or is it open world roaming, or what are we doing? And then you instance in from your individual hub called Fort Tarsus. So that's that's you're not going to see any other players there. That's just you. So what they wanted is it sounds like they're trying to split hairs here in terms of we want a a deeply cooperative experience, but we also want solo players to be okay with a very convenient easy way to hop into the game and play it without necessarily having to go through a lot of the, the, the mechanics issues of getting a group together, which, which destiny you got to get it. If you want to do in-game content, you got to have a group. There's not, a, it's in, you know, it's a little tough to, to get that together sometimes. So that is definitely a departure. Now, all of the reviews I'm getting from the initial gameplay, a couple things. They say visually looks awesome. They're all definitely being played on PC builds. So they were getting the absolute utmost out of the graphics and, and the kind of the consensus is that it is going to max out the PS4 slash PS4 Pro hardware pretty hard, uh, which then, which again, another big rumor coming out of E3. There's a lot of people that seems like they're gearing up for the next gen consoles. Um, this would probably be a good example of something like that that would transition to a next gen console well. So gameplay is is also very different from Monster Hunter, very different from Destiny. Uh, flying is apparently a very big part of the game, like straight up Iron Man, Superman flying. That, that was definitely one of the most immediately apparent things yes. to me was yeah. that, there, yeah. that uh, there, it wasn't like 
here's my here's my boosted jump is just like you know what i gotta go somewhere off i go yeah so in fact what i've heard a couple people say is that um you're like the flying aspect of the game is is large enough to the point that you, you know the flying is as important as any basic combat skills that you develop some you know, to that to that effect so the verticality of the game is very different um the world that they're in is also very different uh they're they're still a little shy on some of the story but it sounds pretty intriguing you're on a whole separate planet it's not earth uh the the environment physically changes quite a bit because of these um basically you know they call them gods aka like old alien races uh called shapers that have these big machine or no the machines i think are called shapers and they literally change the environment that's where those big like you know kind of electromagnetic storms are coming from and all the big rocks flying around so physically the environment is intended to change over time the maps the map of gameplay area itself is quite large uh, from what i've been able to tell but they do a, a really good job of pocketing you in some areas because you have such a vertical capability with the ability to fly you, you'll tend to find like hey there's there's you know fights in caverns fights in you know pretty much in all kinds of different environments that will force you into different different kind of modes they're also absolutely 100 percent tuned for co-op gameplay there is also no pvp in the game at all which i was a little surprised by um and it does and it looks like they are leaning in pretty hard on that like that there's not going to be a pvp aspect to the game so overall it looks pretty interesting there apparently is a is going they intend to have a a whole lot of customization options uh in the game up front it's definitely an rpg flavor uh you know not a really robust character creator but it's got one that's certainly probably a cut above destiny which you know eight you know that's not saying a lot frankly um so they also have made an interesting distinction between customization and personalization so it sounds i and forgive me if i get this wrong out there but or if I get these mixed up rather, but I believe the way the developers are describing it is um, personalization is how you make things look and and choices you make that are truly unique to you uh, in terms of your character and your suits. Customization is sort of how you would customize a car, like what components do you want, what, what, skill, what uh, weapon systems or abilities that you have and they want to make that to be a fairly deep thing as well. There are four, you know, not really classes, but four suits that you can use. Um, the Ranger suit, which is sort of your medium all-rounder. There's the Colossus, which is your, you know, basically your heavy suit, your Titan suit, if you will. Which, by the way, looks a lot like the Titanfall uh, Monarch mech, like the, your your story mode uh, mech BT. It looks almost exactly like that, interestingly enough. Um, there is a storm suit, which is sort of your destiny warlock, like, you know, space magic, which is really going to be technology suit. And then you have the interceptor, which they're not really talking a lot about, but it certainly seems like that's the quote unquote, go fast suit, you know, fast, nimble kind of gameplay type thing, maybe an infiltrator stealth mode, something like that. Um, and they all have very, very different gameplay styles. Uh, and different selections or suites of capabilities you can put on. So overall, Anthem, it, it is still got me interested. Is it enough to, to really make me sink my teeth into it? Because right now, if you look at like marquee players in that same space, 
clearly Destiny, which we'll talk about in a little bit. They are, you know, that you know, bro, Bungie's going all in on this next Destiny update. They kind of have to. So Anthem's coming out after that, so they'll be able to gauge where they're at. But you got Monster Hunter World, has, which has a really strong following, but I, I think it's still a little bit more niche, um, in, in, because of, a little bit because of the gameplay and kind of the setting. Um, you got the Division Two that that was also a a big hit uh, for Ubisoft uh, talking about in in E3. That's going to be coming out. So you got a lot of stuff sort of in this looter shooter FPS third person kind of space. Uh, it's getting crowd, kind of crowded. So Anthem overall, I think it looks good. It's very promising. It does have a bit of a unique take because I really want to see how Bioware goes to their trademark story making, which they, which by the way, they they are also saying they are not shying away from, but they're, they're trying to deliver it in a different way though than, you know, tons of cutscenes and, and things like that, like on the Normandy basically. So they're trying to figure out, they really want to deliver a Bioware quality story in a different mechanism with co-op style gameplay. Now, wrap your head around that. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, if they pull that off, that has the potential to be big. Uh, but I think that's a, you know, and I appreciate the fact that they're aiming for a goal like that, but that sounds like a tough, tough bullseye to hit though. Uh, did you guys have any, any pictures or thoughts on Anthem? Um, not really. Um, I, I think I'm going to just hang back and, and see how it, uh, and, and see how it, it works out, uh, so no, but I did a couple of things though that just watching because that was one of the few things I did get to catch while I was out of town. Um, watching the developers talk about the game when they, I think they were on main stage um, talking about it. It wasn't anything on the side. Uh, the the gameplay, the flying, as was pointed out earlier, was it seemed like it was going to be a, a big deal, and it it looked really fun. It looked really. Um, it looked like something you could just do and get lost just flying around uh, the yep. world, um, which which I which excited me um, for these big open world games. That's that's something I really like to do. I like yep. to just go in direction of walk. Just right. A, so go a, ahead. A quick no. I was a quick point on that. I've 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 seen uh, a couple other well more than a couple more than a few people have basically said that is the best quote unquote, like character flying, you know, like, you know, Superman style, Iron Man style, like mm -hmm. hero flying in any game they've ever played. Like the way it transitions in and out of ground combat to flight and sort of like how it works. Once you kind of get the mechanics down, um, the hands down, that was like, yeah, this is what it should be when you fly in a game, so to speak. So, so that, like, that actually has me pretty keen because I've, you know, played a lot of games where that's, that's kind of a thing. It's really hard when you play like an Iron Man game or, or a Superman the rare Superman game or something like that, where you have a character that flies and it sucks. It just doesn't feel good. Or it's like, it's a crappy airplane simulator with a different skin on it. Apparently this, this works really well. That's what they say. Oh, well, good. I can't wait to, I can't wait to hear people uh, talk about how well it, it works. That's exciting. Um, and the storms, I think the storms were something that, that really inter uh, interested me just based on the fact that, uh, it, it, it did seem like that these were going to be things that were going to change the world, right? And, and that were going to change how you play the game. 
Uh, I think the the woman that was up talking on stage or whatever was was talking about how um, the storms are, are such a big deal that uh, it's going to the idea is to make you think twice about going out into them uh, in some instances, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, well, one of the interesting things about this is apparently in the world, uh, this is not a very high tech world. So the no, suits, it seem like it yeah, yeah, the suits are kind of like the the part of the pinnacle kind of technology pinnacle that you have, and it's a lot of it's leftover tech. Um, and and they they alluded to there's some places you can find it that that have like uh, ruins of probably an, an older human civilization, like a more high tech civilization out there. Um, which wouldn't surprise me if that's where you got to do some raids or like get some loot or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, I thought that. It, it's definitely got a bit of a Mad Max sort of, you know, not not Borderlands Mad Max, but it's definitely a bit more throwback kind of society. And and really, your role as a freelancer, which is you know an actual faction, uh, is is kind of tied to these suits. And you're certainly not the only people with these suits either. Apparently, in my understanding. But it's definitely a, a different kind of vibe uh, in the world than, than we've seen in some other areas. Yep, sure. And I think uh, I think you used uh, or the, the phrasing that was used about the, the storytelling about how Bioware is not shying away from bringing their kind of story, uh, their storytelling into like a co-op experience. I feel like that's that's a, that was the theme of this year's E3. I don't know if, if that was talked about last week, but I feel like that's something that I saw a lot of developers uh, talk about what they wanted to do. You know, Bethesda did it, and uh, obviously with Anthem, uh, Bioware is going to attempt to do it as well. So I'm, I'm excited to see how how that kind of thing uh, shifts as, as far as uh, storytelling and, and, uh, and uh, multiplayer co-op. Uh, how those two things go hand in hand. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on that one. They, the, uh, the last thing I'd say on Anthem, uh, it, it is not enough, you know, to kind of, me, to kind of make me rush out and like jump down on uh, pre-order DLC and craziness like that. But it definitely answered a lot of my questions. Or, well, I'm not going to say it answered. I, I would say it addressed quite a few of the open-ended questions that were out there and now that there's a lot more information out there about the game and some there's there's some really good breakdowns of some of the stuff really in-depth you know engagements uh about kind of some of the ideas that were driving it and kind of the history behind the game uh you know how it was developed that are now starting to pop up just now based on developer interviews um i'm definitely going to kind of keep it on the radar but like i said that's a very crowded space for that type of game so for me it's just like you know you know Joe average game player consumer guy, you know, that, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not like a professional streamer that can play, you know, 12, 15 hours a day of a given game. And, you know, that, that kind of jazz for casual guy gamer, you know, looking to invest some money, which equals game time for me. I, that, that's a very competitive space. So I'll keep an eye on it, but you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, like we'll see. And, and I'm interested I, I'm going to have to see more because like, you know, I, I personally, I'm a big Mass Effect fan. Um, so from that side of things and, and being something that the same folks are working on, um, it's interesting to me in that regard. Um, the the fact that you brought up that they're going to try and make uh, gameplay not suck for people who come in playing solo. 
um, is uh, a big deal for me. It was a big deal for me back in the dust days as well, um, because I would generally just log on and queue up by myself and have a terrible experience because dust was ter- terrible for, for single players. Um, but, uh, you know, the, 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 that first person looter shooter gameplay thing that's, that is so popular right now, it, it's never really clicked with me. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Have you ever played Monster Hunter? I have not. I, I the way they describe it, it's so the way Monster Hunter does it, you can certainly partner up, you know, with like your, your crew. You don't really have like a clan or anything, I don't think, but you can kind of partner up, but like the, the LFG to get into, like you want to hunt a specific animal, you just literally go to the map, click on who's hunting this thing, you join in, or you can always shoot a signal flare up, which then kind of lets people join your instance, so to speak so to speak they described a system that sounded like that and i'm not i I played monster hunter pokey's way more into it than i am but i played it for quite a while still got it don't really go back to it uh, because destiny sort of occupies that space for me but they but how they flow solo play into productive co-op play and you don't even have to speak to anybody is actually really good uh so if they are doing something along those lines, I think it might work for you. But they were up front. They were like, hey, look, we got it. We, we do want, we want, if people want to play by themselves, that's fine. But that they are absolutely not shying away from the fact that a lot of the content is tuned for uh, true cooperative play. So, again, it's one of those needles they got a thread. But I'm kind of keen to see what they do with it. All right. Um, it's a good take. So, um, can we get your take on another game? Sure. You want to tell us about uh, about what's going on with Destiny Two? Oh Jesus! All right. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna to to be very honest with you, there, there's a lot going on in that game. So what I'm gonna do is kind of break this down into the real high end macro stuff and sort of give you where I think I'm most interested in and sort of what I think is is on the horizon. So Destiny, long running series, we all know and love, right? Got it. I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way. Uh, I think this is Bungie's, uh, I'm not, you know, saying it as their last desperate attempt to save that game is probably a bit of hyperbole, but they are 100% all cards on the table trying to, trying to make this thing happen with the, uh, the Forsaken update. And that's kind of what, that's what it's called Forsaken. So, uh, it's dropping in September, uh, and, the word is that this, in terms of scope of change to the game, is more comprehensive than the Taken King was to Destiny 1. So for frame of reference, that the Taken King, when that dropped, that literally changed the entire experience of a person with Destiny. So I started playing the game when Taken King came, came out because I'd heard all the problems with Destiny 1, stayed away from it, TTK drops, and I thought it was a phenomenal game, really enjoyed it, played it a lot, and I you know, jumped into D2 because of it. They're saying that this is at, at least as, and in many ways, more so, more of a comprehensive update or, or, or change than that was. Now, you get all the standard stuff that, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, new air, there's a new area that's associated with the, uh, the Awoken, aka one of the space races, um, that you go out and kind of do a lot of exploring on. It's definitely a different type of area. It's not a planet. It's basically a series of asteroids that are connected to each other. Uh, 
then they also have this place called the Dreaming City, which is definitely an in-game, an in-game roaming area. No real idea how big it is, but it's alluded to be quite big and it's, it's like packed with uh, secrets and things that will that, that you will take a long time exploring to figure out. Uh, but it's def definitely marketed as an in-game area. So that's not a big shocker for a DLC. You get like a new roaming area or a new play area. Yeah, that's kind of kind of. Yeah, that's that's pretty standard. Run of the mill. Yeah. Get a little bit of uh, you get some new enemies, uh, not a new race per se, but new new styles of enemy, which again, not too crazy. Uh, you get a whole lot of new armor, new new loot basically that you're going after. Here are some here are some of the big changes. Okay. Um, you're getting nine new supers, which is kind of a big thing. So every skill tree in Destiny is getting a, a new super or an updated super. And I don't mean just like new new numbers fall, falling out of the ones and zeros, like whole new mechanics, whole new actual like superpower strikes and stuff like that. And the ones that I've seen look pretty damn good. They're really different too. Very like, you know, things you would think are almost game breaking. Uh, but they're kind of going all in on that. They're like, hey, if you if we throw some stuff in there that make the game go crazy, maybe that's what it needs, which is 180 degrees from what they did for the first year of Destiny 2. So, you know, like I said, they're going all in on trying to make this work. So that also means there's going to be some new skill trees involved to get nine new, su nine new supers because there's basically um, two supers or, or two versions of, of a super ability per class. Uh, so, so there's going to be some you know, broadening of what you can do as a player. That's a good thing. I think that's a huge thing just in terms of like you know, some mechanics, a new weapon type, the bow, which I was a little skeptical at first, but apparently that's getting great reviews coming out, just the way it plays and kind of the different things you can do and some of the exotics that are associated with it. Uh, they, there is going to be a new game mode, and this is really some of the biggest news coming out, called Gambit. And it is definitely the thing that a lot of people have been wanting out of Destiny for years. And I mean years, years. It is, it is how do you capture player versus environment versus player all at the same time and do it well. Not a lot of games. I don't know of a whole lot of games that really do that and particularly not do it well. Well, Gambit is getting very, very high marks from pretty much everybody. That, anything that I've seen, people are like, yeah, this is the new hotness. So can can you give us like a sure. um, basic overview of like what this this gameplay yeah is okay. supposed to look like? Feel so like? Here, here's how it works: um, two teams square off, and it is and you start in a PVE mode. You're basically clearing ads and clearing uh, clearing bad guys. You collect moats. These basically, when you kill a bad guy, they drop a little white triangle. You go pick it up. You you have to hold on to them, and then you can bank them in this in this machine basically on your side of the map. You cannot get to the you cannot get to the opposite team, which are basically in a race to clear levels, so to speak. Now, when you bank these moats, it generates enemies on the other team's side, like blockers basically that prevent them from banking their own moats. Now, once you fill your tank up, when you fill the tank all the way up after cashing in several times, uh, and dropping other big bads out there and stuff like that, it spawns this thing called a primeval, which is basically a boss fight. And it's who burns down the boss fastest wins that round. Well, while that's going on, once you you drop so many moats into the, 
or like every so many, I think it's like every 25 moats that you turn in, you can invade the other, the other team's battle space with one player, one player, and you got 30 seconds. So basically when you achieve, like, Hey, you're, you're allowed to, you're allowed to invade. Now a portal can open. You send one of your, one of your players through, he's got 30 seconds to go in there and try to wreak havoc on the other team and then just pull back in uh, or he's killed before that one of the two. And it creates an incredible amount of tactical challenges for you because you'll probably be in, the, you're, you'll be in the middle of a boss mode fight trying to fight a yellow bar like one of the big super, super bad guys. And then you got some yahoo that jumps in and supers you or shotguns everybody. Um, and when, when you get a kill on another enemy teammate, it gives that health to the enemy uh, boss, to your, the boss that you spawned against them. That makes sense. So, and there's, there's a, just a few other nuances in there, but that's kind of the gist of it. Reportedly, the game, it is a absolute blast to play. And it was something that, that this, this is where it could be really the sweet spot. It allows people that do not like Crucible, that do not like the hardcore sweaty PvP, to really get good and contribute well uh, into this co-op PvP-esque mode, which is going to have its own loot drops and all its own rankings and all this other kind of stuff. And then you get the people that really only like PvP into some of the PvE-style activities, and you're kind of bridging some of the community. That, I think, again, this has the potential to be really, really slick. Uh, and it's going to be, and, it, and they're all all unique maps too. It's it's not going to be reskinned Crucible maps or anything like that because the gameplay just won't work in them. It's definitely custom built Gambit maps that, that are going to drop for it. Uh, so that is going to be pretty cool. And it's also not something that you go into into Crucible and you hope you get it. It is its own game mode. If all you want to do is play Gambit, that's all you can play. That's all you get to play. Uh, this has got me pretty excited. I am pretty pretty stoked for Gambit. Uh, in terms of how that's going to work out. A um, couple other things. Well, one other big thing. Quick quick note. Quick note. There are going to be a little bit of spoiler, spoilers here, but it is not I, – I, I, hes, I hesitate to call it spoilers because it was clearly announced by Bungie 100%. It's all over it. You can't miss this anywhere. It's, so it's, I don't really call this a spoiler. It's more of an announcement. They are definitely uh, taking a huge turn in the, the storyline mode in this as well. So probably the most interesting main character NPC that you deal with, Kate Six, voiced by Nathan Fillion, uh, he, it, it's, they're very upfront. He dies early in this, and that is really the impetus for action, or that is the domino that triggers how a lot of the story unfolds and how a lot of the things that you discover in the lore unfold in the Forsaken DLC. And, and like I said, I hesitate to even call it a spoiler. It's more of, hey, this is just a factual announcement that is part of the information coming out about the game at this point. Yeah, I, I believe they they made that pretty clear in the the story trailer that I I tagged on the last yeah. uh, the last week's show notes. So yeah, they, and they make no and there's like no dancing around like, well, hey, he's Nexo, he can come back as Kate Seven, blah blah blah. No, no, they're 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 very upfront that he's dead as Disco. And a lot of the big power, uh, kind of power community content creator type folks uh, in, in the community summit and, and in subsequent discussions have made it crystal clear. If this is some sleight of hand BS 
or they bring him back in some, you know, as a, as a entity uh, outside of maybe a recording or, a, you know, or, or something that's, that's very, very easy to fig- easy to, to address, they will absolutely have done themselves no favor with the community or the story. So I, I think I think he is literally dead as disco, and that that's going to drive a ton of the story, which they're being a little bit more uh, circumspect about. It's definitely a darker tone. They've tried like hope, promise, positive, touchy feely vibes. That's not that they need something that's shaking up everything, and they're going for that with this. So definitely, a, a, it's definitely a darker tone to the story from from our understanding. Um, it does will take place in part of the prison of elders, which is a kind of a, a raid layer kind of boss arena from D one. That's a part of it. That is not all of it by any stretch. Then it branches into the, to the uh, kind of these other areas that are bringing in these other kind of roaming areas in the, uh, the DLC. So overall huge changes. Now, mechanically I'll be upfront with you. They are basically, going back in a lot of ways, not all the ways, but in many ways to where they were at the end of D2, D1, year three, D1, basically what everybody thought Destiny 2 should have been. And, and you know, they're going to, they're iterating on that as well. Massive changes to how weapon slots work, uh, massive changes to ammo economy, massive changes to things like, so the weapons, one of the big gripes is in terms of the grind. And I'm not, I'm not really in this camp. So just bear with me. Uh, random rolls were a huge thing in Destiny. We're trying to get that God roll weapon, grinding for the same rifle over and over and over and over, and finally getting the one you want. Well, now they've got a mod system, and they've got they are bringing full random rolls back. Uh, they are definitely going far away from casual gameplay, which is what D two was really centered around, and into the hobbyist deep dive game player. Kind of the, you know the one percenter if you will which i am absolutely not one of those people so i'm a, there's a there's a few aspects where i'm like i'm not looking forward to what they're adding to it but i know why they're adding to it because they got to give you something to do and a reason to come back to the game because right now destiny's in a cycle where i can play it for about a week and i'm or i can play it for one night a week and i'm done and when the dlc comes out i can play it for a weekend and i'm kind of done uh that's not helping them now let's talk about how this is how much money this is going to cost you so it's always that other half isn't there this is the part that's got a lot of people including the people high on all the stuff they're announcing and the folks that have actually got hands-on and behind the scenes looks a little a little worried the dlc itself is going to be about 40 bucks which is for a dlc of this magnitude probably fair uh problem though if you want to access all the content in it, you got to have the two DLCs, Prior Warmind and Curse of Osiris. Not cool. Because uh, those, you know, Curse of Osiris, big letdown for a lot of hype and a lot of stuff that they hyped for about three years in terms of that character of Osiris and all the stuff going on. Really, really poor, poor showing. That's some really hefty DLC. I'm used to seeing yeah. like $15, $20 DLC costs and like... And I guess my other concern would be like, so, you know, as I I come from like the World of Warcraft era of things, which is, again, it it is a game that you their their expansions are 40 bucks, you know. Um, Yeah, well, this is definitely definitely in the mode of of an expansion is the way I would flavor it. But I guess my question would be like if if when I look at like a WoW expansion, that is two plus years of content, including 
uh, usually three to four major, major releases yeah. during the course of that expansion. Um, and and then I guess the other thing is, is that uh, one of the things that, that uh, WoW usually does is they periodically fold back what the base game gets you to include previous expansions so that generally like i i think right yeah. now you would only have to buy like the game the you know there's been like what seven or eight expansions but you'd only have to buy the game and then the most current expansion to get right. all the way caught and up that, so that that's is, a, that is the big point of discussion uh is that is exactly what is literally exactly what you're talking about so i the the that bungie is being very circumspect about it they they acknowledge that there is a that they are kind of walking on thin thin ice with the community in a lot of ways because of the monetary components of it. Um, I expect what you're going to see is not necessarily a folding in of Warmind and Osiris, but there's going to be a like a a Steam Supercell style bundle that comes out, you know, a month or two before before this drops. That's what I, I think is going to happen. Probably in August, there's going to be I, I certainly like a really like a really deep cut price where yeah. you're picking up the two expansions you don't really care about for yeah. you know and the, the shitty part is that they because they're making you do that in theory that could you know that could be 30 bucks you know but which is too high frankly it would need to be a lot lower than that so let's say it's a 40 dollar dlc it's so it's 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 a dlc plus expansion minus depending on how you want to frame it you know from your gameplay history so you get that you know, that's 40 bones. And and that's, think about it. You're basically buying, you know, a good chunk of game, you know, once a year. That's that's about what you would expect for a game, kind of game as a service model. Now, so here's where it stings you. You got to get the other two DLCs to previous. And uh, you don't have to get this, but you're going to want to, quote unquote, want to get the annual pass, which has the three... Uh, content pushes that come in the subsequent year after so, the DLC. Ooh, that, that's that, that's not included with the, the, no. the forty dollar expansion. That's thirty bucks, or, or, or reportedly about thirty thirty five dollars right now. That is a if you want if you want someone who already tried Destiny two and didn't like it, that is a Big pile of cash yeah, to drop well, okay, to get, yeah. get in and try the new stuff. You're, you're looking at a minimum of probably about. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to say you're looking at seventy bucks. Now that is that is a big call. That is that's a steep ask, and the microtransactions are still in the game. Now they have absolutely figured out that they that they had to totally rework how that system worked. Uh, but there is this is a deep ask in terms of this. Now that being said. Bungie is, you know, they're coming off as very confident that they are delivering a, a product that, that they, the product they need to, to make Destiny continue to, to thrive. Now, remember I pointed out when we were talking about Anthem, that there's a whole lot of other stuff in this space right now. I, I think, this is just Jay's, you know, kind of hot take on it. If this comes out and in the end, by the end of September going into October, this is not absolutely slam knocked it out of the park and it is you've been a big shot in the arm to the destiny community and you got all the streamers youtubers and guys like that and twitchers you know singing its praises 
I think this game is absolutely it'll be on life support for two or three years. They're going to milk some money out of it, and it's it's fucking done. Because there's way too many other competitors for your gameplay time that that will that will be pulling it. Uh, unless you've just got a really deep, deep kind of investment in the game, you just want to keep playing. That's where your friends are. And uh, yeah, and I I think particularly for a game that's got a, a it's it's like if somebody asked you to come back and spend you know spend seventy bucks to make your your Mass Effect Andromeda gameplay better. There's yeah, there's a decent a, chance yeah. that you're just gonna come back and be like, eh. Well, and look, I think they got a lot riding on this one because there's there is a there's already rumors of a Destiny three that is starting to spin up, but it is aimed at next gen. Oh my god. <laughs> well, no, but if you think, but look at the, look at the, how long it takes to develop one of these games, man. It takes you know three, four, five years in some cases to develop that. I, you know, the word coming out of E3 right now is that two years we're looking at new consoles. I know, but it's going to take them three games to make the game that they should have made two games ago and to get this shit right. That's what so that's, it's, that is mm. the killer part is that of all the games that are floating out there, the one that had the potential to hit, like really, really hit story-driven, single-player type folks with you know, kind of with a deep world world building kind of thing, PvP folks and kind of games as a service ongoing ongoing activities folks uh, in a shooter style game. Destiny is really the one that has come the closest of anybody, and yet they've whiffed as hard as anybody in that same space. And and they need they need Destiny too to pick up. If they're going to have any luck selling Destiny 3. You, you are not joking. Because it's kind of like, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, you know, shame on you kind of thing. So I, I actually, I'm pretty, I'm positive about this. But like I said, I, you know, I'm an invested Destiny player. But, I, you know, there's a lot coming out of here that look great. They have absolutely taken, you know, community feedback and literally said, this is what you guys said. We're, we were wrong. We're rolling it back and doing X. Uh, they... They are 100% doing that in a lot of areas. So it will be interesting to see what happens. The new game game mode Gambit has been super fired up. Um, there, there is some interesting thing, though, like in that annual pass. So generally the way these DLCs have worked, by the way, like Warmind and Curse of Osiris, you get some gameplay stories. It expands the world a little bit. You get, a, get some new stuff. That's not what these are. These are much more, here's a bunch of loot, and here's some events. Not so much story. They said so they they made very clear they're moving away from cutscene stories and some other things like that. We want to tell a great engaging story, but not like that, which has me really worried because that tells me that I'm also getting less for my annual pass money than I would get. So if I if my annual pass would give me like Curse of Osiris, War Mind, and then a plus one thing, it's kind of in that same mode. That was you know two two three four hours of story mode you know, like actual story content uh, with that pushes game, you know, the, the lore of the world around new, new stuff, new place to, new place to fight, new, some new things out there, but I'm not even getting all of that in each one of the releases in the, in the annual past. That has me very worried. Uh, now there's, like I said, there's way too many changes to go into and like little things that, that I could go into in this, this, in the time we have, but I, you know, my warning bells are up. 
but but there's a lot to be interested in right now. That's kind of my overall sum up of it. All right, very cool. So, um, moving along, Bait. Well, I I know you're excited about this. One. Am I though? I think I I think uh, am I? Um, no. I think uh, we got to ask you about uh, about what's up with Assassin's Creed. It's weird. Okay, so, so Assassin's Creed Odyssey is is going to be uh, this year's installment of the uh, the the ever expanding Assassin's Creed franchise, and kind of continuing on uh, with with uh, turning the series into into a full on RPG. Uh, that they started, uh, was it last year? Last year, with Origins, Odyssey takes that and it just ramps it up. And, and everything I've seen from Ubisoft, it is the final uh, uh, transformation, uh, for lack of a better word, the final uh, form of Assassin's Creed as an RPG. So what you're going to get with that, you're still going to get your, your open world like they've had since, since day one, right? But you're going to get a dialogue tree, which is a first for the series. Uh, so now when you get to talk to NPCs, you're going to choose what you say um, and then, you know, go from there. Um, I've only ever seen two dialogue choices, though, uh, in, in all the gameplay, unless I miss something. So it's not really a tree. It seems like it's just a either or kind of thing going on. Um, but that dialogue will change uh, based on on how you play the game. I think an example that I saw fly, being thrown around was you know you get a quest from Socrates to I think your friend your radical is the is the quest, and Socrates asks you to not kill the guards. If you go and you kill the guards um, and, you know, you, you complete the quest and, and you come back to him to turn it in, he asks you, did you kill the guards? Or it comes up in, in, in the flow of the conversation and you can either say, yes, Socrates, I killed the guards, or you can lie. And it it notates that, that this is a lie. Uh, and, and you say, no, I did not kill the guards or, or whatever. And then the, the gameplay goes from there. And it doesn't seem like that there are skills associated with, um, at least not that I saw, uh, associated with uh, with speech, for example, just to to see if that lie would catch. Um, but I, I could have missed something. This is all coming off of me uh, being out of town uh, when this was announced. But I think I got most of the important stuff. So, uh, so that's a thing now. Um, you're going to be able to pick between two characters to play as. And Origins kind of had this, but at the end of the day, it kind of drove you back uh, to buy it. There were were instances where you would play as Aya, and then you would play as Bayek for another little bit. Um, But it seems like this is going to be, okay, you can pick this guy, and this is what he can do throughout the entire campaign, or you can pick this girl, and this is what she can do throughout the entire campaign. Um, and it doesn't seem like you'll be switching characters. Now, of course, the game is out, so that is uh, subject to change, but that's what we know so far. Uh, each of these characters is going to have their own unique weapon, so 
it doesn't seem like there would be a hidden blade, uh, which is which is interesting. But again, that could change as the story progresses. But nothing that we saw uh, featured a blade. Um, they were more of these uh, these first civilization um, weapons, which allowed which uh, explained why your character has uh, these powers, if you will, uh, these abilities. So that's that's a thing now. Um, let's see what else do I have. Uh, romance options as within the RPG, you're gonna have your gay straight options uh, for for that kind of thing. Um, and so uh, you'll be able to um, do things for you know a person and then build up your um, your charisma uh, with them and then those options will be available to you through dialogue uh, through that new dialogue tree. Um, as far as combat goes, it, it, it's basically going to be the Origins combat system, um, which is such a fantastic system. I absolutely love it. Um, but another thing that they're pushing with this game is customization for the player. Uh, so you'll be able to modify your armor pieces uh, to a higher degree. Um, pull up my... So right now in Origins, you can customize your, um, not even really customize, but you get a shield, a sword, or two swords, and then two bows. And that's it as far as customization goes. Uh, you have, um, you know, by default, you have a breastplate and uh, bracers and... Uh, so with this new game, and you can't change them out, so you can't go get bracers that have better stats. You just, you just upgrade it. Uh, with this, it, it seems like you'll be able to um, to pick up better chest plates and helmets and bracers and whatnot, uh, much like a Fallout or a Skyrim. Uh, and you will still be able to upgrade what you pick up. So, so that will be a nice uh, a, a nice addition uh, to to the series. Kind of again going with the idea of transitioning the game to an actual if you will, RPG. Um, uh, Naval Combat is going to come back again, um, which was one of my favorite parts from uh, Assassin's Creed 4 and is what kind of made Assassin's Creed 3 bearable, um, even though that game was a steeping pile of crap. Um, it looks like, as far as I can tell, it's copy and pasted um, from Black Flag. Which I have absolutely no problem with um, the the setting that they're going for. You're uh, you're in the uh, the Peloponnesian War, so you're just sailing around uh, ancient Greece, uh, and so obviously those are islands, right? The, the Greece is made up of of islands, so you'll need a ship, and I can't think of a better uh, um, a time for naval combat to come back. Um, so if you play Black Flag, you basically have an understanding of how the naval combat is going to work in this game. Um, I think you'll be able to ram clean through ships in this one, though. So if you run into somebody, uh, you'll bifurcate the ship, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, obviously you won't be able to get to board it and take control of the crew and whatnot. Um, but still... That's that's really cool. Um, and then, of course, you'll be able to customize your crew and recruit people uh, for your crew. Uh, again, similar to what you did in Black Flag, but I would assume on a, a deeper level, at least I would hope, 
um, to kind of flesh that out. Uh, oh, this is not in the notes, but they are adding a, um, uh, they called it the, um, uh, what they call it, the Peloponnesian War Logic System, I think is what it was. Um, basically, they're adding in, instead of like um, uh, outposts uh, from previous Assassin's games that you would um, conquer, that would uh, liberate uh, districts of whatever city you were in, um, you are going to have these, I think they're 150-man uh, battles, conquest battles, I think they're called. Um, and basically the goal of your conquest battle is to kill the leader of the uh, opposing side. Um, and you can do that through a, a variety of ways. Some leaders might have um, stronger guards or more, more guards around them, uh, thus obviously making it harder to kill them. Uh, so if you whittle down resources, uh, enough resources, if you take resources away, uh, from certain district, um, it'll make the boss weaker and easier to kill him, um, and then that triggers the, the conquest battles. They didn't sell a lot about it, so I'm I'm kind of going off what I read, um, but those really should be interesting. Um, I don't think this uh, the series has had a um, anything like that, um, so it'll be really it'll be keep an eye on that to see how. Um, uh, Ubisoft deals with those. Apparently, that's where you're better. You're, uh, the best new drops are going to be. Um, so that'll be more of your your end game uh, content. Uh, so kind of go back. Uh, the setting, you know, we talked about um, uh, is going to be set in the Peloponnesian War, which people kind of figured that the next game was going to be set in this this ancient greece but i don't think anybody really realized that it was going to go backwards in time especially being that origins is called origins and you had the setup for the assassin's uh order hey, hey, babe, I, i've got i've got to ask huh. has this has this game have they just kind of like walked away from that whole like crazy sort of shared sort of game game tied together game history thing and this are they just really like just make good historical historically based fan you know kind of fantasy rpg games now it would seem so. um origins had a really terrible uh present day sequence uh it didn't really add a lot to the story um so i think the idea, yeah, is that they're gonna, they're going to kind of move away from those and just make these uh, these uh, fantasy uh, historical RPGs, uh, which I'm I'm totally all in uh, all about. Um, I, I think they should have ended um, that kind of that kind of present day uh, aspect of the game in in three when they killed off uh, when when Desmond Miles died. Um, I think that was a, that was a good note that that should have just been taken out, um, but it's in there for you know whatever reason. Um, hopefully, it doesn't make a comeback, but I'm expecting it to some regard. Um, what I am pleased to to see that they moved away from is the fucking aliens uh, that which were it was a big thing if you played um, if you played like two if you played Brotherhood Revelations. Uh, and, and three even, and a little bit into four. 
Um, but they, they moved away from that, uh, which I thought is, uh, was a really good idea because it was, it was dumb. Um, I'm fine with leaving like the first civilization stuff in, but when you start getting to the aliens and whatnot, it's just weird. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's Assassin's Creed, um, Odyssey. And that'll come out this year in, I don't know when, October. So yeah. Alrighty. So. Does anyone have anything else? I'm gonna I'm gonna shelve uh, my review. I think we're we're we got a pretty good show here, and um, my review is is for a game that's been out for a little while now, so I didn't feel like it was super time sensitive. Um, you guys got anything for me, or we should we roll into shoutouts? No, I think I think that's about it. Uh, I would just like to quick point out. I think we're gonna have like a uh, sort of a, an inter another interim show later this week that, that uh, we're trying to pull together and i think pokey is looking at a video option for that one uh, but yeah so that may or may not be on our our main itunes ish podcast feed uh hopefully there should be a post on the website either way but uh, keep an eye out for that and on our twitter account and maybe our youtube yep other than that man i think we're good to go for shout outs all right um i have a shout out um Last week, Pokey mentioned uh, the way that they announced uh, the the Gears of War titles, and uh, I, I finally got a chance to see that this past week. Uh, and and just shout out to the the Gears team for an A plus troll, an absolute A plus troll. Um, yeah, they, they just just fantastic. That's it. All right, I'm, I'm throwing a shout out out on this one. So I would like to give a shout out to uh, pretty much the entire city of Royal Oak, Michigan, which is effectively a uh, part of Detroit. Uh, like many large urban areas, they can kind of absorb over, you know, over their, their history, a lot of smaller communities around them as just part of their you know, metro area. Uh, and I live in, I now live in a place called Royal Oak, Michigan, which is a phenomenal neighborhood. Bate, you'll appreciate this. Um, it is very much probably like what you experienced in like kind of downtown Austin. That is That's cool. definitely the vibe. Yeah, that is definitely the vibe you get here. Detroit, I was, I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I was concerned coming up here. Never, never really been here. Uh, had a lot of, you know, I was fully prepared for uh, combat operations. <laughs> Real, Robocop. Yeah, like no shit. I thought I was I was going to be like I was like looking at fortified locations to make sure my family had you know multiple you know avenues of approach out of good fields of fire and you know, all that kind of good shit. This is a phenomenal place up here. I am not a Michigander, which apparently is the appropriate term, uh, but we have been welcomed by the folks uh, up here in Detroit. Phenomenal city. I, I really, it's a really really. Apparently, they've revitalized uh, the whole Detroit area over the last four or five years quite a bit. Um, but it definitely has that sort of Austin or sort of Olympia, Washington's kind of vibe, little bit millennial centric, ton, absolute ton of restaurants, pubs, gastro pubs are a big thing up here. Um, really, really cool area. So, so far, I've been here a week. It's going pretty well. It's also dead of summer. May not be singing that tune come like you know December. All right, babe. Oh man, I got a lot of shout outs. Uh, I want to give a shout out to well, not a, lot, but a, a few. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, the the cities of uh, Detroit, uh, not Detroit. Wow, not Detroit, Austin, Texas, and San Antonio, Texas. Um, 
Uh, like I say, I was out of town last week, um, but but we did go up there, down there, up, down, whatever. Um, and oh my god, I absolutely loved uh, Austin. It, it's my kind of city, my kind of vibe. Uh, the people were always were so nice. Um, even the homeless people were nice, which was kind of weird. Um, except for the one guy calling for the death of all white people, but you know, there's a crazy person in every crowd. Um, so yeah, Austin was great. The humidity was terrible. Uh, San Antonio, uh, was great as well. Awesome people. Um, if you could, if you could have a city that was Austin, but with the weather of San Antonio, I would move there as soon as I could. Um, so Texas is fun. Real pretty state too. Um, what else? Father's Day today. If you're in the U.S., shout out to all the dads out there, uh, especially the, especially the military dads too, man. I know, uh, I know from experience that it's hard being away from your loved ones. Uh, uh, sometimes you know, being on deployment or whatever on Father's Day. So shout out to y'all. Shout out to the families who uh, whose dads aren't you know aren't there present with them. I know that sucks, but man, just keep trucking on. So yeah, that's my shout out. All right. I'm uh, I'm gonna bring the show to a close. Uh, thanks for joining us. See you out there. See you next week.